Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and I am looking forward to sharing this space with you. So if you listened to my teaser or anything that came before, the likelihood is that you're new. So let me just break down what's going to happen today. So this podcast is about exploring and returning to the truth of love and equality from an archetypal perspective. So exploring the archetypes allows us to understand how we are all connected as one universal family. You know, the archetypes that I am experiencing are the same ones that you are experiencing, perhaps just in different ways, but what they really reveal is how we are all connected to one another, which is what I love about them so much. So in each episode, we are going to be taking a look at the story of a specific archetype. And usually what happens when I explore one, I'm always finding new ways in which, you know, it can guide me throughout my life. It can help me, you know, see things just from a different perspective. And that's, you know, really what this is. We want to be able to ultimately see life from an archetypal perspective just to learn how we can love ourselves a little bit more how we can love you know other people a little bit more and when I say love I do mean with a capital L there I'm probably going to have to include some sort of link somewhere to explain that just so I don't have to do that you know every single time but when I say love I do mean you know Basically, love in the spirit of unconditional love, love in the spirit of, you know, looking at anyone or anything as in, you know, I see myself in them and we are not separate. So love in the spirit of we are all, I guess you could say we are all one. I don't usually, you know, use that phrase, but that's essentially what it means. You know, love in the sense that in the spirit that we are all connected and What I love so much about love and thinking of love in that way is that it really supports this notion that we need to be supporting one another, you know, and we need to be caring for one another better than the way, you know, we do now. That's why this space was created in the first place, because I think that, you know, we are as a collective lacking in the department of, you know, truly looking out for one another and loving each other as, you know, we would look out for ourselves or our own families, you know? So hopefully, you know, things will kind of make more sense as I continue. I think it's a little bit hard to describe, honestly, you know, the power of the archetypes without exploring the story of a specific archetype. It's something that, you know, you really feel as you connect to the archetypes in your own way and in your own heart. And you can, as I talk about them, you'll be able to understand where their power is. But trying to, you know, encapsulate it or describe it in words in about three minutes is nearly impossible. So I'm going to get started. And the archetype we are going to talk about today, or rather is going to, you know, send us love today we are going to be receiving love from today is the prayer. And so let me just make a quick note. All of these, everything I'm talking about is 
through an archetypal lens. So some of these cards, similarly to the prayer, today we are going to be talking about the prayer and then along with that, the seed, the warrior, and the castle. And what's interesting about those archetypes is they all have third dimensional material physical forms, you know? So there is the archetype, the prayer, and then there is actually, you know, the physical act of praying. And those two are two separate things. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that, but just, you know, as in there's the archetype, the seed, and then there are physical seeds, you know, that we plant and, you know, our gardens, if we just so happen to be blessed with, you know, green thumbs, you know, we plant seeds in our garden or seeds found in fruit, those would not, those are not the same as the archetypal force, the seed. And then the same with the warrior and the castle. So there are, I want to say a good, at least 80 to 90% of this deck, they are a good chunk of this deck, a majority of the deck, the archetypes do show up in physical form, but those two things are not the same. There's only a handful of cards, maybe about 10 or so that don't necessarily have a physical form attached to them. And those are really, really interesting. Um, but we don't have any of those today. So I'm only saying that because I know that, you know, everybody has their own ideas of what prayer means to them. And we all have different, you know, prayer practices. And so this is not necessarily to say that there is one sort of prayer practice or, you know, one that you should be doing or that there is, you know, one correct way to do it. Um, Actually, that's what I love so much about this card because, or all of the cards in general, because what it does is it calls into question our relationship with the archetype and then also our relationship with the physical form of that archetype. It calls, you know, us or invites us to redefine our relationships on both levels. So both in the physical form and on the energetic level. So for example, the prayer today, it calls into question, you know, what is, what are our relationships with prayer like? And again, archetypes, they, since they are, you know, these big mysterious cosmic forces, they can take on infinite forms. So in other words, there is no wrong way to pray or right way for that matter. There is only your way. You know, there is only your practice of prayer. And all the archetype card does is, you know, say, hey, what is your relationship with prayer like? And then, you know, going a little bit deeper, what is your relationship with this archetype like? So it's doing both at the same time. So by exploring the physical form and the story, so that's why I say the story of the prayer, we learn more about the archetype of the prayer itself. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this card today is it came up in one of my personal readings and I honestly don't even remember what the question was about. You know, it seemed to have nothing I mean, that's usually how they all go. You know, I ask a question and then I, you know, see the card and I'm like, okay, this story of this card has nothing to do with what I'm asking. But I realized, you know, I asked a question and when the prayer came through, I realized, oh, there's a bunch of things happening here. 
you know, I've always wanted a deeper relationship with the prayer archetype. That would be number one, because, you know, even though I was grown up in, or sorry, not grown up, I grew up in a, I would say, you know, my mom is fairly religious. My dad also pretty religious, but not, you know, the quintessential strict religious upbringing, you know, we went to church when we were younger, you know, that, you know, sort of deal. So it was pretty, you know, there was religion in my family, but we were pretty chill about it, um, especially as we got older. You know, when we were younger, church every Sunday, of course, um, as we got older, that kind of fell apart. Um, but that's for, you know, different reasons. But my mom and my dad, they have their own respective faiths. But for me personally, Prayer is something that I have both the uh, the physical and the archetypal nature of the prayer has been something that I've always been so interested in, but I kind of knew that for me personally, just adopting and oh, wow, there's so many things coming up about this for me personally, adopting either my mom's practice with prayer or my dad's practice or my aunt, my aunt is very, very, very religious. Um, I knew in my heart that looking at any of the ways in which that they pray would not work for me. You know, I learned that if I'm going to have any sort of prayer practice, it's going to have to be something that really comes naturally for me in order for it to work. And so while I've always been curious about it and it's always been, you know, floating around in the back of my head, like, oh, wow, prayer is something I'm really, really interested in because, you know, as you can, I haven't necessarily said it here, but it's all over my website. You know, I am someone that, you know, definitely believes in love, spirit, source, creation, God, the universe. To me, all of those terms are synonymous. And so I kind of thought, you know, hey, if you believe in God, love, creation, prayer seems to be kind of like the package deal. So I was waiting like, okay, this is definitely something, you know, this is a truth. And by the way, again, all of those, you know, concepts of a higher power, that's just one truth. You know, it just so happens to be the one I believe in, but I also acknowledge that it's not, you know, for everybody. And it doesn't, you know, mine is no more or less true than whatever it is that you believe in. It just so happens that this is, you know, the narrative of love, God, creation, the universe is something that I feel extremely deeply connected to. So just note that, what you know, whenever I talk about it, you know, whatever it is that you do or don't believe in, you can, you know, come to your own interpretations and your own conclusions. But, you know, so I was thinking, you know, I have this very, very deep bond to creation. So why is it that I, you know, I, but I always, I kind of felt like something was missing just a little bit, you know, I was like, I, I love my relationship. My relationship with creation, with love is always changing, but I really, really wanted to incorporate prayer into that relationship. And I just, I had no idea how, and so all the way, I don't know, maybe five, probably six minutes ago, I mentioned something about, you know, doing a reading and this card came through. 
And I was really, really excited because uh, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily my favorite card in the deck or anything like that. It is a very, very beautiful card. You know, I'll find a way to, I'll probably post a link somewhere so you can actually see the cards for yourself because Kim is such a talented artist. You know, these cards are absolutely stunning. But this card is beautiful. It's got some, um, maybe it's because my favorite color is the color pink and it has pink on it. I mean, I don't think that's the only reason. Um, but I also do believe that visually um, we are attracted or at least I'm attracted to different cards at different times visually. And that also usually means something. So I was very excited when I, you know, received this card because I was like, okay, now is the time to you know, really dig deep about my relationship with prayer specifically. So when it comes to the archetype, the prayer, to me, what I received about the prayer, the archetype that day is that the prayer is less, the prayer is less about, you know, what you're doing or how you're doing it or where or when, but it's more about the space that you create with creation. It's more about the relationship that you personally have with the creative consciousness within you. And then so for me, everything clicked because for the longest time, and I'm talking about way before I received, you know, or received and slash bought this deck, because that's a fun story. Um, Long before this deck, long before anything, you know, I was like, okay, prayer looks this way. And it's all about, you know, like, it is definitely, you know, communication. Okay, so here's, yeah. So um, for me in the past, prayer has always been about communication with God, for sure. This message of, you know, prayer being a relationship with the creative consciousness within you. It's a little, I mean, it, it is the same thing, but it has just a slightly different flavor. And that's why I was so excited to receive this card because in the moment I knew that the prayer archetype for me personally was about so much more than just, you know, assuming the position you know, whatever it is that people do, because you know what, I've, I don't think I've done that since I was really, really small. Um, but prayer is, to me, it's, I know, I know how cheesy this is going to sound, but it's not so much of an act. I think that's the difference. You know, for me before I thought that prayer was just something that you do kind of sporadically, you know, at different times of the day or scheduled, you know, because, you know, people do definitely schedule that and they have, you know, a specific time and a specific space in which they do it. But the way that the archetype, the way that I received the archetype, the prayer for me was that it's a state, you know, it's a state, it's a relation, it's, it's a relationship within a relationship, but it's a, it's a relationship with creation. You know, prayer is, it's kind of just, it's a way that you live, you know, I don't, I mean, and that's where archetypal prayer separates from the act of prayer because 
there are still different times probably, I mean, during the day where, you know, I specifically consciously engage with the prayer and it's, I mean, mine is very, very personal to me. You know, it's, it's very, very different. You know, there's like singing and there's like singing and an instrument involved. And like, it's one of my favorite parts of the day. Honestly, it like, that's, it's what I do right before I do this. I do it very, very early in the morning. And I'm fully aware that some people would say that is not prayer whatsoever. That is not how you pray to God. But that was kind of the point, right, of this card coming through. And I realized, like, I knew in my heart it would come through when it was meant to. And it would reveal to me whatever it is, you know, whatever relationship that you have with creation, it is your own personal relationship. You know, there is no right or wrong way to do it. And what matters more than, you know, how you pray, whether you're singing you're not singing, you're just talking, or if it's out loud or in your head. I remember that was a huge debate when I was younger. You know, does God hear my prayers if I say them just in my head or do I have to say them out loud? You know, all of, I feel as if all of those debates about, you know, whether, you know, you have to say it, you know, out loud or you have to say it in your head or you can only do it at this time of the day or you have to have X, Y, Z. I don't necessarily think any of those things matter. And I know that that I mean, either that's uh, either you've heard that before or you're like, wait, what? Um, I think what matters more is what makes you feel, you know, really, really good. What makes you feel loved? What makes you feel connected in that moment? That's what matters more, you know, because for me, the singing, you know, right before I do this, the singing prayer that I do, by the way, my singing voice is absolutely terrible. So I just want to, you know, let you guys know that if you wanted to experiment with, you know, singing as prayer, go for it. Because I do it, you know, when there's nobody around whatsoever. You know, it's quarantine, so I'm with my mom. My mom leaves at, you know, probably around 6.30 in the morning. So at 7 a.m. I'm, you know, singing and I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. But that's the point. You know, the point for me is whatever it is that you are doing you basically, it's kind of, you're celebrating the creation within you. To me, you are honoring and loving the creation within you. You are honoring your relationship with creation. So it, you know, for me personally, having something that is so regimented and, you know, saying, oh, it needs to look a certain way or, you know, like that just doesn't work for me, you know? And I, I think it's more important to find practices that we practices rituals prayers ways of praying ways of engaging with the world that really feel something that we really really feel connected to you know that is something that I feel is so much more important than worrying about you know is this right am I out of key the answer is most definitely yes for me because I don't even know like how to be in tune in key whatever that's not what's important, you know? So for me, in the ways in which, and again, prayer is not, or archetypal prayer, that's not just something you do. I mean, I do it at around, probably around, you know, 7.30, 7, 7.30 a.m. every single day, but that's not 
where it begins and that's not where it ends either. So what's another example? For example, <laughs> um, I used to do, so this podcast it wasn't, and this is something I'm very, very much still getting used to just because this is not, you know, I mean, it comes naturally to me and it, and it doesn't. So this is not something that, you know, I was planning on doing. I've been doing, you know, something similar to this for a, a, a while now, you know, I would, I mean, my favorite part of the day was this but it was for me, right? So I used to pull cards just for me. And it was kind of weird because I would be talking because for me, everything comes through way more smoothly and more, it's kind of like they build off of one another. So more things come through, it comes through more smoothly when I am talking. But I just, for me, it was just an audio journal. And that's exactly what this was. But for me, what was more important was, you know, I, I and I didn't realize this until the other day. This was kind of, this very much for me is tied into the archetype of the prior because, you know, engaging with these archetypes and honoring the creative consciousness within myself, because that's what this is to me. You know, the reason I love the archetypes, I mean, you're probably going to hear me say this so much because I really, really do love them. The reason that I feel so connected to them is because they are always showing me different ways to love. They are always showing me different ways to be vulnerable. They are always showing me different ways to feel connected. You know, they're always showing me so much. They're showing me so much about the people around me and redefining my relationships with you know, so many different things that I experience, so many different aspects of my life. And to me, that is what is honoring the creative consciousness within you. So for me, this whole practice, and again, for a long time, it was just me and my iPad. So the podcast, it's, it is a little bit, it's a, it's familiar and it's strange at the same time, because you know, then there's a the whole issue of, you know, podcasts are made to entertain other people. But for me, it flows a lot better if I just pretend that it's kind of just me again. But that's just that's just one example. You know, the prayer is about holding space for the creator, the creative consciousness within you, the creator within you and the love within you that connects us all. So how do you do that? And I would say that is how you are accessing the archetype of the prayer. And if you have a separate prayer practice, then that's also beautiful. It's, but, and they go together, but they are a little bit different. So, yeah, this is, sorry for the gap. I, sometimes I receive stuff and then I'm like, oh, where does that go? And I just pause for a second. Um, this, whatever sacred practice that you have, any any practice that you have that is honoring the love within you and the love within someone else, you are accessing the archetype, the prayer. And 
that I feel as if, and if we, you know, take it one step back and cast a much wider lens, any time, any place, no matter what it is that you are doing or who you're with, any time that you are choosing to honor the love within yourself and the love within someone else, that is also accessing the archetype of the prayer. And so now I'm going to move into the prayer and how it connects to the seed because I'm trying to, you know, keep stuff a little bit organized. So I feel the first thing that came through for me with the prayer and the seed is actually kind of the more traditional, I I believe so, because, you know, I was, you know, brought up in the church when I was younger and with the church when I was younger, but all of that education is out the window. So nothing that I say, you know, about the history of prayer is a fact, but I feel as if the more traditional interpretation of the prayer for many, many people is to look at it in a way to plant seeds. So, or just to, you know, plant intentions, you know, seeds as in intentions, not seeds as in, you know, whatever's going out in my garden, going on in my garden outside, um, rather my mom's garden. But I think that there's a way, you know, what I'm receiving right now is that there's a way to kind of shift that a little bit. So, I mean, intention, for me, intention is everything. And, oh, this ties really well into the castle, actually. Um, Intention is everything. Intention and prayer and intention, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, but the one thing that does bother me and the one reason why, you know, I didn't feel connected to prayer for a long time was because I didn't. So, okay, okay. Little bit of background here. So, I, I, I understood a long time ago that, you know, what's really, really important for me in terms of my relationship with creation is what is the intention behind this relationship? And I do believe, and you're going to hear me talk about this a lot, I do believe that that intention and that really, the intention that creates that relationship. So maybe, oh, maybe it's more about that. It's about both things. Um, Sorry. Uh, download after download comes in and I'm like, how do I weave them all together? So what I received just then was not only is your relationship with creation important, but so is your intention. And so what I was saying earlier, like 20 seconds ago, I don't know why I'm talking about it like it was 20 minutes ago. Um, What I was saying a little bit earlier was that I didn't really feel connected to the concept of prayer because the way that I saw a lot of people praying around me and not necessarily in my family, but just, you know, amongst, you know, peers was that prayer was all about just getting what you want. And I didn't like that very much. So it's not, and I'm like... (laughs) trying to sort out my own experience here. Um, It's not that that's wrong or anything like that. 
it's just that that is not the way that I felt most connected to creation. So, okay, here's like a, here's a good example. Um, let's just say you are, I don't know, you're trying to make friends. I don't even know. Okay. But, um, let's say that you want a new friendship in your life and you want it to be, you know, I don't know, it, it kind of think of it as in you're just shopping around for a new best friend. I know that sounds like really weird, but it's, it connects. So if you were looking to build a new relationship of any kind of significant kind or a partnership or literally anything that you want, would you want that relationship to be based off of, you know, this concept of just asking them for stuff? No, that would be really, really strange. So you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't say, you know, I really want, you know, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you would. For me personally, I'm saying that I would not create a relationship with the intention of saying this relationship is based upon me asking you for things and then you giving them to me. And that's the only way this relationship is going to work, you know? So that's why, I mean, and I think there, there are so many different ways um, to engage with creation, to engage with God, to engage with unconditional love. I personally did not, I I just, I did not for the longest time connect to this because I was like, you know, deep down, I don't want whatever relationship I have with love, with spirit to be about me just asking for stuff and then, you know, receiving it and then asking for more and then receiving it. That's just not something that I really, that's just not what I wanted, you know, and I wasn't sure necessarily what the alternative was but I just I knew that that wasn't something that I wanted so the reason so the prayer the seed and the castle so the castle not to make things too confusing um the castle is it it has two meanings here so I'm like trying to you know keep them kind of separate a little bit um, the castle is a little bit about not necessarily materialism, but the archetype, the castle, basically for me, what that does is it calls into question what your intentions are and what will happen when the result happens. So how does this connect? For example, the castle and the prayer. So Oh, perfect example, actually. So I was watching the game. Um, it's a show on BET. I was watching it with my dad on Father's Day. And there, um, it's a very, very funny show. It's an older show. It's over. I mean, I'm probably late to the game. Haha, <laughs> that was so not intended. But uh, I was definitely late, you know, in terms of watching this show. But we were just watching it together on Father's Day. And it is a show about... Um, People in, what am I saying? People, um, professional um, football players and their wives and, you know, that entire world. Um, very funny. But this character, Malik, he is the quarterback of the team. And he is, he was one of those 
uh, people that started out. He was living in the projects and he drew, you know, when he was younger, he drew this picture of the house that he wanted to build for himself. You know, when he, I guess you could say he made it. Um, that's in air quotes because that's kind of what this card is about. And so one day he is in this house and he pulls out the picture of the house that he drew and it actually, they, they match. So he basically, he did build his dream house. You know, he's looking at this drawing and he built this dream house. And actually in this episode, he loses the house, but that's something else entirely. Um, but I remember sitting there and thinking, you know, as he was reflecting on, wow, I started in the projects holding this sheet of paper and I drew this picture of this house with my mom and my best friend. And there's like a horse that looks like a dog in the photo, but I think he was like six when he drew it. So that's, you know, besides the point. And he's looking at this house like, wow, I've made it because I had this house. But what does it mean now that this house is being taken away from me? Because he made some poor financial choices. And so he had to scale down because it was like a it was a huge mansion with like 20 bathrooms or something absurd like that. And so he's sitting there with his best friend and his, I'm not sure if his mom was there. This was a while ago, but he's definitely sitting there with his best friend and his best friend is reminding him that, you know, success is not tied into the house. And so the reason that for me, the, those three go together is you know, the prayer is all about calling into question, you know, what is your relationship with creation? What does it mean to you to communicate with creation? And the seed is more about, you know, establishing what is your intention with your relationship with creation. And then the castle coming into that dynamic is about what does it mean to you to have, you know, what, I mean, it, I don't want to use the word success because I think that that also needs some redefining, but we'll just leave it for now. You know, what does it mean for you to have a successful relationship with creation? And yeah, that does sound a little bit weird um, when you put it like that. But I think that that actually, it actually goes really well. Oh, wow. I didn't realize why, but now I know why. So there is, and I'm not just, just so you know, I'm not bashing manifestation, but this was something, manifestation was always something that I wanted to, and I can like see why all of these cards are here now. Manifestation was something that I always wanted to redefine for myself. And I stopped using the word manifestation a long time ago and started using the word creation because a lot of people... Because to me, I mean, there were time, there was a time when I thought manifestation and creation, and I mean creation as in co-creation with like a lowercase, but I mean, uh, whatever. So there was a time where creation and manifestation, I really didn't think this is where it was going to go. There was a time when I thought that it was the same. Because I think they can be the same depending on your intention. The only reason I do not love the word manifestation anymore is because it's all about 
for I, what I'm seeing with people is it's becoming more and more about what you can get. And it's becoming more and more about trying to nail down, you know, the formula of whatever the mystery, whatever the creative consciousness is. And it's a mystery for a reason. You know, I can sit here and talk about, you know, my musings about what I think, you know, God, unconditional love, spirit, the universe is. But at the end of the day, it is a mystery. You know, no one, it's something that you know in your heart, but it's also something simultaneously that is something you can never know for sure in your mind. You can know in your heart, but you can't know in your mind, and that is way too complicated. But that's the point. You know, it's not something that you can just nail down, like, if I say this, and if I do that, and, like, you know, if I write something down in my notebook, and I'm standing on one leg, and I have an apple on my head, and I'm turned you know, 60 degrees, you know, past north, then I'm going to receive what I want, you know, and that's, it sounds ridiculous, but I feel like that's more and more where we are moving to. And it took a long, and by the way, I'm, (laughs) um, I was there too, because especially, you know, I was in an extremely, extremely stressful place in my life. And so I was really, really attracted to this idea of manifestation that, you know, you can just write something down in your notebook and it will appear, I don't know, two days, a week later, I don't know, but it will appear exactly as you wrote it down. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, you know, for some people. I mean, there are some things like, uh, like at the car park. You know, like when I need when I really, really need a parking space, you know, there were times when I was playing around with it like, hey, hey, uh, do you think I could get that parking space over there? I became really, really good at that. And, you know, I don't again, mystery. It's all it's all a mystery. I don't really know how it works. But there was one time when I was, you know, driving on the main street in my town because I was home for the summer. And historically, this street never has parking spaces, right? So, and at the time, dragonflies were significant to me. So I was driving, driving, driving. I was about to, you know, make the left turn on this street. And then a dragonfly flew by my window. And I was like, oh, weird. And then as soon as I pulled up, someone pulled out of their parking space right in front of the restaurant I was going to. Okay, that was like, that was really, really cool. And I was like, oh, manifestation must work. I saw a dragonfly and I got the cool parking space. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm not saying that manifestation doesn't work. I'm not saying that, you know, manifestation is wrong or that that relationship, what what it boils down to, and I'm probably going to say this one million times because I cannot emphasize this enough, it's about what kind of relationship with creation, what kind of relationship with the creative consciousness do you want within you? And so for me, I realized a long time ago that that's just not what I wanted anymore. You know, I didn't want my relationship with creation, this mysterious cosmic force that, you know, 
always amazes me and always shows me how to love and how to give every single day. I didn't want it to be about, you know, writing something down on a list and then seeing if I could get it. And by the way, I definitely don't have everything that my mind wants. You know, I think that's very, very easy to say when you have everything that you want. And there was a very, very long time where I was like, I definitely do not. However, you know, I don't I don't know when this happened, but there just came a point where I was like, you know what? There are actually a ton of things, you know, I could write down on some lists and then I can make lists about those lists. And I could do that probably forever um, because, you know, for me, I was like this whatever third dimensional experience I'm going through right now, that is not, this is not ideal, okay? And I think that through quarantine and, you know, corona and depending on, you know, where you are in the world, you know, some, like, we, we've all been through unfavorable situations as of late. So, you know, definitely, definitely not the only one, but I don't, I don't know, I don't know when it was. I just, I think I was just sitting down I think I was outside, actually, because I always feel the most grateful when I'm outside breathing in fresh air. But I think I was outside in my yard and it was I think it was in the probably the middle of quarantine. And I was just sitting out there and it was kind of sunny. It was not very warm because this was months ago. But I was just thinking or just noticing, I'm so thankful right now to have a yard. And the grass was just very, very green that day, very, very lush. Not so much anymore because it is July now, and it's been burnt to a crisp. But on that day, the grass was really, really soft, and it was really, really nice. And I was just, you know, saying to myself, I'm so thankful that I have a yard. I'm so thankful that I can go outside and not have to worry about getting sick. You know, I'm so thankful that I was a- I'm able to go back to my mom's house that my mom has a house with room and even though, you know, sometimes I we both drive each other up a wall, I'm so thankful that we are both here. We are both healthy. We both we can quarantine together. We can quarantine in the first place, you know, because my mom, she works in anesthesia. So she, I mean, for her, she could have been working. But basically what I'm saying is that, you know, I'm so thankful that financially she didn't have to go into work and, you know, risk her life every day, you know, that kind of thing. And at the time, definitely a couple of months ago, everything around me was an absolute mess, you know, but in that moment in the grass, I was just like, you know what, I'm healthy, my mom is healthy, my family is healthy, and I get to sit out, I have the privilege of sitting outside in the grass. So, and I noticed in that moment, and by the way, this was like, you know, things were not, everything else, everything else that was just honestly, I mean, not petty, but it seemed very, very small in the grand scheme of things. It just, it seemed so small at the moment. And there were times when it seems like my entire world, but here's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that 
that that way of loving and that way of being present and I guess you could call surrendering, um, that's just a choice. It's it's nothing more than that. You know, I think we can all, you know, try and speculate and guess about what's going on and how things work and, you know, what I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what's going on? How does this work? How does that work? Like, how do I get what I want? And that's that's all good, you know? That I just I realized that just wasn't for me anymore. And I do believe going, I don't know, one either one level deeper or one level west. I don't even know how to describe it. Um the way in which so it all it all does begin with the seed. So going back to the archetype, the seed. So imagine this. Yeah, yeah, no, this um, this is really important. So imagine this now. We all have, no matter what you believe in, even if it's just energy or even if you want to just say the world around you, whatever it is that you want to say, right? Even if it's like matter. Okay, I'm like getting into science, which is something that I really should not even dip into because I'm terrible at science. Um, But yeah, energy, matter, whatever it is, works. So the relationship that you have with creation, with energy, with whatever you think creates the entire universe, that relationship and that intention, that 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 does not just begin and end with the relationship that you have with love, with spirit, with the universe, it trickles into the relationship that you have with yourself. It tri- it also, you know, is reflected in the relationships that you have with other people. And so that is also going back to the energy of the castle and the seed why I'm not a huge fan of manifestation because, again, manifestation in terms of what can I get. So if you are already in your own personal relationship with creation, the universe, always looking at, you know, what can I get? Like, how can I get it? That's reflected everywhere. And it's It's subtle, but it's still there, you know, it's there in that you're always looking if that's if 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 that's your relationship with the universe. Remember, the universe is in me. It's in you. It's in everyone and everything. You're always looking to other people, other, you know, uh, plants. Yes, plants. Um. I don't know, people, plants, places, whatever, okay? Anything that you can imagine that is in the universe, you're always looking to those life forms in terms of what can I get? And that is something that I think needs to change. So, and also, um, I mean, those are all seen very physical life forms, but here's also a beautiful example. I cannot remember who said this. It was a while ago, but it was just floating around in my mind. Um, 
and I just, I don't want to misquote anybody, but it, it was not me that said this. That's the important part. I'm not taking credit for this. Um, someone that I definitely look up to because, you know, of their relationship with creation. You know, anybody, I realized a while ago what I look, when I really, really admire someone and I'm like really, you know, I feel energetically attracted to someone, it's because I deeply admire their relationship with creation for some, you know, on some level. And this, if I'm thinking, if it, if it is who I think it is, they have an incredible relationship with creation where they're not necessarily thinking about what they can get, but they're always thinking about what they can give. And so the person mentioned, you know, because I gave a lot of examples, like a lot of physical examples, but this goes into the, this relates to the non-physical examples as well. And they were talking about how, you know, when was the last time we thought about what we can give to the spirits from the spirit world? And I hope I don't lose you here, but I mean, the point is that it, it goes, it applies to everything because, you know, we all have whatever force it is that you are thinking of right now we all have it within us and it connects all of us. So if your relationship with the universe is reflected in everything else. So they were asking, you know, when was the last time we thought about what we could give to the spirits from the spirit world instead of just what we can take? And I thought that was interesting because, you know, we're always... I mean, especially now with like, I mean, again, I love like clearly, you know, because I'm taking the time to create a podcast about it. I am all for the unseen forces. Fascinates me, you know, spirits, the spirit world, ancestors, all of that. I know that a lot of, I feel as if now a lot of people want to develop relationships with angels, spirit guides, um, guides. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what people call them anymore. Ancestors, you know, for information. So it's not, I mean, it's the same energy just manifesting differently. So before we were talking about manifestation and, you know, writing down something on a list and wondering, Hey, okay, you know, when's this going to show up? Like it's, like you're placing an order online and you expect the UPS person to come to your door with, you know, a nice little package. But this also applies to non the unseen realms. And so ooh um it is I don't know, it's just it's very very disappointing. You know, the more and more that I'm really sitting with this because everything what's interesting, again, about these cards is, you know, I start with one card and then there's, you know, three others that help me to channel, you know, or as I'm channeling, the story comes through in a certain way and it helps me to organize it. So it's, you know, not just a bunch of gibberish, but I don't necessarily know exactly what's going to come through. And so I'm just, I'm also sitting with this in present time. And I never, I don't know, I never really thought about this before, but you know, the, 
it seems that now the reason that people want to get to know their spirit guides or want to even know that they have spirit guides or want to know like angels or extraterrestrials or, you know, whatever else is out there because I could not name them all even if I tried is to kind of pump them for information. And again, it's it's this notion, it's this energy of what can we take and what can we get from XYZ and less about not even, I mean, yeah, sure, less about what we can give, but also just what about it being a two-way relationship, you know? So that's where, you know, the giving and the receiving comes into balance. But I think it, it all depends, going back to the seed, on what your intention is with your relationship with creation in the first place. That that determines everything. So if you look, and this is something that I could honestly talk about forever, and I honestly do think it com- it comes up in different forms depending on which archetypes I'm coming about. So I'm going to just focus on the intention piece. But if there was anything, you know, that I thought or that, you know, I believe now is the most important about, you know, this story of the prayer is that it goes it goes so far beyond you know, your, the way that you pray, the way that you honor love within yourself, within the universe, the way that all, that all happens all stems from what it is that you want out of this relationship in the first place. And so that is, you know, if you need to pause or something and just like think about that, I mean, I'm not going to pause because this is long enough by now. Um, or just like pause and like let it run. Um, but I think that's the most important message of, you know, what this, Ooh, and I'm like, I know how the third card fits in because I briefly mentioned the warrior, but I haven't tied it all in yet. So just think about that. You know, what if you and by the way, any relationship, um, if it if it doesn't help you. What, what's interesting about this is, again, whatever relationship you have with the universe is reflected everywhere. So if you even want to think about, you know, a parent or a sibling or a significant other or a friendship, consider why, like to the deepest level possible, why it is that you're in that relationship and what it is that you want to create from that relationship, just reflect on that. Because even if you just have a person in mind, that reflects exactly what your relationship with creation is. So let me do, actually, yeah, perfect. I can do an example with both the warrior and the castle and a person. So... Let's say, what's like a good, your parents, yeah? There's a lot of talk about like your parents, right? I feel like as of now and like, you know, your relationship with your parents. I always, and what's also tying that back actually into manifestation, what I'm finding about, you know, when people are talking about manifestation and, you know, a lot of reprogramming and subconscious and unconscious and 
uh, neuroplasticity. There's like a lot of that stuff uh, going around right now. People talk a lot about reprogramming the relationship that you have with your parents. But the relationship that you have with your parents is only a reflection of your relationship with creation. That's the source. That's the seed. And that's what we really need to be looking at. Your parents, I think it seems like, and so what it, I mean, I understand why. So it really depends on what you think is the beginning of your life. You know, if you think that the beginning of your life is beyond your parents and it dips into the mystery, that's why I have the perspective that I have is basically what I'm saying. I think that your life begins far before your parents, you know? So basically, do you believe in the concept of a soul? And if you do start with the relationship you have with creation, with love, with the universe, if you don't believe in that at all, that's fine. Then yes, start with your parents. But yeah, here's a good example. So um, I feel like I'm going to talk about my mom a lot. Maybe I should like just switch it up and talk about my dad or something, but it, it could be both of them. So, and this is why it's a good example because it's a little bit more obvious. Our parents are our providers for, for, you know, for people that are fortunate enough to have two parents or have one parent or anybody like your caretaker, um, because, you know, not everybody knows their parents, you know, that's something that, you know, you're very, very lucky if you do, you know, to have both parents. But uh, whatever, let's just say parental figure. Because, um, I mean, I can only speak to having a mother and a father because that's what I have. Um, but whatever parental figure that you have, think of them. Those are our caretakers, you know, especially from the time that we are really, really young. Their job is to provide for us, you know, because we're too young, you know, when we're like two years old. I don't even know if you can walk by the time that you're two. I mean, probably, right? I don't know. I haven't had a young child in my family in a really, really long time. Um, so maybe I don't even know if you can walk. But point is, they're there to take care of you because you can't take care of yourself, right? So... That relationship kind of grows into this thing where, you know, as you get older, you know, seven and then maybe by the time that you're 12, because we were probably all brats when we were 12, because we were 12. That's like that's middle school. So, I mean, middle schoolers across the board, I feel like are terrible. Just kidding. I mean, I, I feel like I might have not been that awful when I was in middle school anyway. um. What happens is when we look to our parents, we kind of, I mean, not in um, not in a bad way or anything, but we do look to them to say, you know, like, you should be taking care of me and what can I get from you? You know, it's not because we're young, you know, we're young. So it's not, again, it's not a bad thing whatsoever, but we are young. So we're looking at our parents like, what can like you provide me with food you provide me if we're lucky again if you you provide me with food you provide me with clothing shelter and love that too so love especially and love comes in many forms but we're always you know when we're really really young we're looking at our parents like 
okay, like you provide me with food, you provide me with shelter, you provide me with love. But also when we're younger, we're not necessarily thinking about what we can give to our parents, you know, outside of like, you know, respectively, like the holidays, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, um, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, trying to be inclusive, but I only, I only celebrate so many holidays. Um, holidays where, you know, gift giving is involved. That's when we are thinking about, okay, what are we giving to the rest of, you know, our families instead of, you know, what can we get from them? And then even a little bit on the holidays, we're like, oh, I wonder, you know, what my parents are going to get me, you know, for like my birthday. Oh, birthdays. That's an obvious example. Um, if you're here, you have a birthday. Um, so yeah, um, that's a perfect example of how, you know, we were in some way, I mean, a lot of us were brought up in this way to think, and, you know, it, it it does, again, depending on what you believe in, it does, uh, it is largely reflected in our relationships with our parents, because those are the first people that we meet, probably. I don't really know. Um, but those are the people that we spend the most time with, at the very least. And those are the people that take care of us. So, you know, just think about that for a second. You know, think about, you know, what relationship, what relationship do I have with my parents? And so now I'm going to tell you a little bit about the warrior and how that ties into everything else. My relationship, and I know I talk about my mom, but also, you know what, both of my parents, my mom and my dad, it really, really changed when I stopped looking at them as in, what can I get from you? And how are you showing me how to grow and develop as a soul? So I wrote a post, it's on the website about how my mom is one of my soulmates and my dad probably too, but my mom, it's just like, it's on another level, right? My relationship with my mom, both of my parents really transformed when I stopped looking at them as my caretakers. And I mean, part of this is I'm an adult, so I'm not saying that, you know, kids need to be doing this whatsoever. Um, Because there is a time and a space for everything. You know, there is a time and a space when, again, you're like two years old, one years old, you can't walk, you need your parents to take care of you, you know, because you cannot physically take care of yourself. So this is beyond, you know, beyond whatever threshold that is where, you know, you should be able to, you know, care for yourself. But my relationships with both my parents absolutely transformed when I made the choice to redefine that for myself. So instead of always, because there was a long, long time, because and it, it is difficult because again, you need to, it's kind of like you need to separate the two. There is a time when you do, you know, they absolutely do need to take care of you or you wouldn't be here, you know? You probably wouldn't survive as a baby if no one took care of you. However, for the longest time, I never, I mean, you get so used to it that you don't really think about, you know, 
what happens when you don't take the time to kind of redefine that for yourself. So for me, it really changed when I moved away from, you know, looking at my parents in terms of like, what can they give me? Because that's how it was for a really, really long time. And justifiably so, because that's what I needed when I was a child. And I kind of, I shifted more toward, and this, it it was through the warrior archetype because of what I mentioned before about, you know, both of my parents being my soulmates. And it's not like a glamorous thing whatsoever. It's not like a happy, like rainbows and fairies kind of thing. It was, it was a lot, um, a lot of heavy, heavy lessons, but that, that's the point, you know? It, for me, it changed when I look at them, look, began to look at them from the archetypal perspective of, wow, they have so much to show me. They have, you know, basically they showed me a lot about how to really love other people and how to love myself in a way that I could not have imagined before. And that is when my relationship with them really transformed. So going all the way back to the seed and creation. For me, my relationship with creation is rooted in, and this is what really helped me. And again, this is not about this relationship with creation is the correct way. Because that's absurd. You know, my relationship is my own personal relationship and I can only speak on that. But this is more about, again, calling into question, what is my relationship with creation? If you believe in that, what is my relationship, I guess, with my parents? Like, what is my relationship with whatever, you know? All of those, I mean, it depends on just what lens you want to look through. Asking that question for any of those things is it the answer is the same for all of them. So if I ask myself, what's my relationship with creation like? What's my relationship with my parents like? What's my relationship with my sister like? What's my relationship with, you know, one of my best friends like? Something like that. They all point to the same energetic answer. So it doesn't matter, you know, who you're asking about or, you know, but all that it matters is that you're asking. So, but yeah, when I realized, and by the way, my parents, I would say that was one of the, so you, again, you can ask about anybody. Um, For me, asking that about my parents was one of the, at the time, the most difficult explorations, but the most rewarding, hands down, you know, because I've, you know, as probably many people have had, or maybe, maybe not, I don't, I mean, I don't know because I only know my own relationship with my parents, there were times when it was really, really challenging. But again, very, very rewarding because they both showed me how to love on a much, much, much deeper level that I'm not sure that, you know, I mean, I mean, who knows, but I don't know if I would be able to do that without them. So that is why, you know, I'm so grateful for them and everything that they have shown me. So you can ask about anybody, you know, it doesn't have to be, you can, you can literally ask about anything that you want. That's, you know, why 
you know, the archetypes are so powerful. It's because it they you don't need to necessarily ask about, you know, one specific thing. They have they take form in everybody. So you can ask about anybody anytime. So tying all of this back to the original story of the prayer. Again, you know, I reiterating what I said before. The prayer is you can pray however you want to. You can have whatever relationship with, you know, the creative consciousness that is within you and everybody else. You can have whatever kind of relationship that you want. Just be aware of what that relationship is and what your intention, what the seed is of that relationship. Because, you know, seeds, I mean, some seeds, yeah, they grow into like, you know, cute flowers or like, you know, a bush or something. Um, Some of them grow into huge redwood trees, okay? And so I know you can't see the card. I'm going to find a way to like do this. But on the card, there's a pearl in the center. And then it kind of looks like, what is it? The cross section. Um, If you were to chop down a tree, like the rings of the wood of a tree trunk, that's what it looks like. So. And so, yeah, this this is important because, you know, it's it seems less. It, it seems like it could be less important if we were talking about, you know, um, a weed or, you know, like weeds that grow in the garden or that grow in your garden that, you, you know, you weed them out, whatever. Um, or like a flower or something, you know, because those are tiny plants. Um, now, I don't know if you've seen, you know, redwoods in California. They're giant. Okay, these are ginormous trees. And if if you haven't seen them, just look up a picture. I was lucky enough to be able to go see them a couple of years ago. They are, oh my gosh, they are, they have such a presence about them. But all I mean, all you need to know is that they are really, really, really big trees. And my point here is that the seed that you plant, your life is, you know. What, what What is it? It's not, not like a simile or like a metaphor. Metaphor, right? It's like that tree. And it's kind of difficult to just chop the tree down. You know, that's not what we want to do. I feel like now I'm like mixing up my metaphor just a little bit. The seed that you plant, you know, with your relationship with creation, with whatever grows into this giant, giant, very complex, very, very strong, sturdy tree. Bigger, literally, if you have not seen them, please look up a photo and like compare them to other trees that you've seen because it is, they call it, I think they call it something like walking amongst the giants or like the forest of giants or something because they are that incredible. And it's really, really cool. But the reason that this is important is because that the way in which, you know, those redwoods have a presence about them and they are strong and they are huge, that is what this tiny seed of intention grows into. Because as I said, 
the relationship that you have with the universe is everywhere. Everywhere. It's in everywhere and everything. So it's not necessarily about which way you go. It's just making sure that whatever way that you have now, either you're in love with it. And if you're not totally in love with it, you need to change it. And you only need to change it if you are not in love with it. You know, I wasn't for a very, very, very long time. And I tried on, say tried on, like I tried, you know, a different top on or something like that. I tried out a bunch of different relationships with creation until I finally found, you know, the one that was for me. And it took a lot of exploring. And only now sitting here can I say, you know, I finally planted a seed that I am very, you know, excited about and that I am totally in love with. I can say that now. I don't even know if I could say that a couple months ago. Definitely could not say that at the beginning of 2020. I would say 2020 is, you know, when I really started to like fine tune what that was. I had been exploring it for a very long time. None of them really felt right until now. And that's totally fine. That's totally okay. And I think that the other thing about manifestation is, and again, this is not to say that manifestation is wrong. The one thing that I'm not a fan of, of manifestation is I don't like that it kind of insinuates that there is one way. There is one way to manifest. And like, I know that there are different forms, shapes, and manifestations of the concept of manifestation, but manifestation, you know, at its own seed, I I just, I feel like it prevents us from really exploring our own relationships. It's just like what I was talking about earlier with like the physical act of prayer, you know, that there's one way to pray and, you know, there's a formula to praying, you know, with the standing on one leg, you know, 70 degrees west and the pear on your head or whatever I was talking about earlier. It might have been an apple or a banana. or Maybe I'm just hungry. I don't even know. I mean... Now nah, I ate breakfast, so I'm like, I'm good. But what I don't love about manifestation is that, again, it, it implies that there is one way to connect. You know, there is one way to connect to whatever it is, the mystery that you believe in, and that there is a correct way. If manifestation is actually for you, then celebrate that, you know, In the same way that religion, you know, I'm not going to like tackle religion or anything like that, Um, but it would just, it would kind of be the same thing as religion. You know, if this religion is for you, I think religion is beautiful. You know, my aunt is very, very religious and, you know, I love, not I mean, I don't necessarily believe in everything that she believes when it comes to, you know, the narrative and the story of her religion, but I love the connection that she has, you know, because that connection is hers. That's what's more important. So it's, again, it's not necessarily specifically manifestation. I just think that, like, manifestation as a concept has grown so much. There is no one way to love, and that's being reflected everywhere. 
you know, in the ways in which we've grown, you know, when it comes to the LGBTQIA2S community plus uh, community and understanding that there are so many different ways to love one another on a physical level. It's kind of like it's that's a beautiful metaphor for this. You know, there are so many ways in which to engage with the universe, love, creation. You just need to find your own way. And another thing that I love is that people are, you know, beginning to realize I don't have to like label myself, you know, that was like a huge thing for me because I was like, where does this, you know, I was looking at my own relationship and I was like, where does this fall? Like, what is this called? And I was just like, I don't know, you know, but like, it's not the label that matters. And so I think people are finding that, you know, labels, they matter less and less, you know, compared to before when they used to matter more. However you choose to love, however you choose to connect, that's always, that's always up to you. And you don't need to label it. It doesn't have to look like anything. You don't have to do anything specific. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to. The only thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't do is blindly do anything. You know, again, intention, intention really, really matters. So I wouldn't blindly just, you know, and that's also, it's a little bit lazy. It's a little bit, you know, taking things for granted. Part of the reason I created the imaginal space in the first place was because one of the most empowering experiences I ever had was learning how to channel my own wisdom, learning how to heal myself. And a large part of that was discovering my own unique relationship with creation. That would not have happened if I hopped for me personally on any, you know, like on the religion wagon I stayed on like the manifestation wagon or something like that only because for me, I feel as if they, the systems themselves don't necessarily, I mean, depending on, you know, what it is, you know, or like what church, what denomination, I don't even know, or like what, or who is teaching you manifestation. It's all the same thing. Um, Depending on who is like showing it to you, they may or may not promote you know, really learning it for yourself. And that's just, that's the important part. It doesn't matter what you believe in or like how you want to connect. The important part is that you just figure it out, you know, for you and actually question it, you know? It's, it's everything because the relationship that you have, it's, it's everywhere, So I might just leave you with that because I'm I'm feeling like a natural like hmm um a natural that might be it you know I, I never know how long that things are meant to go for but as you continue to contemplate hopefully I don't know um either the story of the prayer the seed the warrior oh I feel like I really didn't give the warrior its due um but I feel as if the warrior speaks a little bit more to my relationship with creation than a general one, because for me personally, the warrior is all about, you know, our day-to-day experiences and how we choose to integrate them. 
for me, integration, learning how to integrate different stories and integrate the wisdom of love weaved into those stories, that was key in me developing my relationship with creation. So it transformed my relationship, you know, with creation. Oh, that's what it was. It transformed my relationship with creation in that. And this was like a very, very powerful experience for me in learning that I'm just here to experience different dimensions, different manifestations of creation. And that's it. You know, there is no like, what can I write down today to receive whatever the warrior archetype taught me, and I, was, I can't even believe I almost didn't say this, um, that there is love to be received in every moment, in every story, whether it's your own story or the stories that people tell you or the stories that, you know, you create in the future. And you can kind of decide with the warrior specifically, you know, there are, there are very, very difficult things that happen, you know, in this whatever you want to call this, this very mysterious human earth experience, right? Um, there are very, very difficult things that happen. And so I think another thing with the castle manifestation is the castle and manifestation. It just, you know, on the whole, the only thing with that is that that did not suit me well because manifestation always kept me looking toward the future when I really needed to be personally, I needed to learn how to be more present, you know, and that's just, that's a very, very personal thing for me because I am super terrible at being like grounded, you know, and the way that I mean, I, I find, you know, ways to do that for myself. I'm very much, I love nature. I love being outside. I love hiking, which is what has made this very, very difficult. But I love, I just love being outside and I love being with plants. And that's like, that's my way of grounding. But I think the problem for me personally with manifestation was that, and I'm talking about like the new agey interpretation of manifestation, it didn't teach me how to be present and how to be grounded in the present. It always kept me looking toward the future and that wasn't supporting me. And so for me, what the warrior represents is presence. As in, yes, you know, the stories, what the warrior points to for me is that the stories that come from the past, how are you you know, seeing the creation, seeing the love in them. So that way you can use them to love yourself now and the others, you know, that you are sharing space with. How can you use those stories to love them now is basically, you know, a big part of the warrior for me. And I think that's really, really important because, I mean, I don't know, like many other people, maybe not like some physicists out there. I don't know how time works, you know? As I said, I'm not great at science. You know, physics and time and relativity, uh, that made probably the least sense to me out of literally everything that I learned in physics. However, you know, there's, I mean, there is a lot of talk about staying present, 
and staying present in the present moment, but we are human. You know, we have a past, a present, and a future. So what the warrior, again, taught me was how to be with the stories of the past and to, it sounds like maybe contradictory, but how to be present with the stories of the past to see how I can, you know, use them to spread more love now. And that's what's really important. It's not important. There, there is a difference. There is living in the past and there is living in those stories. And then there's a way to say, you know, how can I, you know, honor them for exactly what they were is number one. And it's not, it's not an easy thing. You know, it's, um, that it's actually like, it's something that you, you know, really need to engage with, with yourself. So it might seem like I'm glossing over, but it's not, it's definitely not like the easiest thing in the world, but it's when you can really tune into this archetype, it's absolutely incredible with what you can do. You know, you see these spirits, sorry, not these spirits, but kind of actually, yeah, the spirit of the story as if, you know, it is alive with love. At least that's how I interpret it, that, you know, spirits of stories, spirits of any nature, they are alive with love as in, you know, they can show you how to love yourself deeper, others deeper and in different ways. That's what the spirits of the stories do, you know? They show you how your past experiences can allow you to spread and reveal more love in the world. And you do that by being present with it. And, you know, for me personally, different stories come in at different times, different spirits of different stories come in at different times. And I just like I sit with it and I don't let myself you know, I don't let my focus or let my soul kind of be drawn into going back into the story. But again, it's about how can I love now? So that's also, you know, something important to think about. For some people, again, manifestation can work. I feel like I'm just like beating down on it. it it's not a bad thing. It's just that for me, it wasn't, it was not teaching me how to be present, which is something that I really, really needed. And again, you know, back to the seed and the prayer, that's what this is really about. It's about evaluating what your practices are showing you. So it goes it goes both ways, you know, depending on which way you want to start. And sometimes it is easier to look at, you know, the relationships around you, the practices around you. And, you know, looking at those, they kind of point to what you can adjust, you know, in your center in your relationship with the universe and then you know the results will be reflected you know outside of you so sometimes it is easier to look because i i am aware that you know that's like that's kind of a crazy question actually it's kind of a crazy question to be like what is my relationship with god like that's a huge question or what is my relationship with love like you know and i didn't necessarily start there it's kind of like i started with different things in my life, namely my parents, because those were the people I was interacting with the most and then went, went within and then you come back out and then it's just like this natural rhythm where you're constantly within and without and you just, you kind of notice how they work together at the same time eventually. But yeah, so definitely um, start there, you know, looking at different practices that you have, different relationships that you have and notice what is it 
how is this impacting me? So for me, it was looking at manifestation and realizing, number one, this is not teaching me how to, you know, develop my own relationship with creation. This is teaching me how to follow a formula and hopefully, hopefully to get something out of it, you know, and I don't necessarily like that that much, or it's teaching me how to always be looking into the future, the future when for me, I really, really needed to learn more about how to be grateful for exactly what I have. So that's the only reason it did not work for me. Or all the way back to the beginning, organized religion. For me, it didn't necessarily, it didn't enhance my relationship with creation only because my goal was to have a very, very unique, very, very personal relationship with creation and to learn how to, at the end of the day, listen to my own heart more. That's what was important to me. So not only is it about you know, the core of your relationship with creation, but also just like, what do you want? You know, do you want one where it's more about presence and, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, do you want one where it's about presence and not presence as in like gifts, but like presence as in being present with the present moment? That's a lot of presence. Um, Do you want one that is more about, you know, again, relationship, you know, relationship is a two way street. So also, you know, for me, I think, again, I think it's a little bit difficult sometimes, you know, back to the person that mentioned, you know, when was the last time we thought about what we can offer the spirit world, for example, the spirits in the spirit world. I think for some people, it might be a little bit hard to conceptualize just because though they are intangible beings. But like, here's an example. You know, I, and again, it does depend on how you think of, you know, um, spirit. So if I'm thinking like, hey, uh, or, and it's, again, it's not wrong to want to receive something, but it's just like, give it back too, you know, pay it forward. So for example, if I really need some wisdom, just like right now, you know, I'm like, Hey, can you, um, can you show me how to love a little bit more? I receive, you know, that message of love and then I pay it forward by showing love to the spirit within other people. Yes. So it it does depend on, and you know, there are so many ways to do it because some people love to build altars and, oh yeah, this is a great example of, again, the prayer and like a little bit more about ritual and, Maybe that's a little bit more of like offerings. Some people love building off like uh, altars and having very elaborate offerings for their ancestors, for example, or for the spirits. Altars have never felt natural to me. You know, for some people that comes really, really easily. But for me, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I placing this here? And like, why would I do that? And like, I guess that kind of makes sense, but it it needs to come from your heart, you know? So for me, that doesn't really work very well. So making an offering to the spirits, for some people that makes total sense. And that is beautiful. And that's just like, that's their own way of going about it. But just find your own way. For me, the true offering, the true giving back to spirit, to love 
is by showing love, unconditional love to spirit in one of its many forms, you know, because to me, yes, spirit is spirit simultaneously is formless and has infinite forms. So while I am so grateful to receive the love and the wisdom that I do from spirit for me giving back, it's not about giving back to this intangible force. It's about, you know, honoring myself as spirit and then honoring that same spirit consciousness within someone else by either like, you know, revealing to them the love and wisdom that's in their own heart or just showing them love. So I hope, you know, that makes some sense, but you know, that is something that is specific to me. And if you're like, Ooh, I, I like that. That's great. And it will kind of guide you to find your own way. And if you're like, uh, what is she talking about? That's, it's the same thing because both of them are just reactions to basically, it's just about starting a conversation, a dialogue with yourself about, you know, how it is that you are giving and receiving. It's just, it's all about the conversation. So even if you were like, I mean, you probably wouldn't be still listening right now, but even if you were like, this doesn't make any sense, that's great. The, The only point of this is for you to have that conversation with yourself. So... Yes. Okay. I'm glad I, I'm glad I talked about the warrior. Honestly, the most, I don't remember what day it was. I do remember where I was and like what it kind of looked like. The date is like escaping me, but I felt so much pressure taken off of me. You know, when I just like, I woke up one morning and I understood that it, you know, creation, my relationship with creation to me personally is not necessarily about what it is that I can just like take and writing down lists, et cetera. But it's more about, I just get to learn about creation. I get to experience creation and learn about the different dimensions of love and spirit for the rest of my life. And sometimes it's going to be difficult and sometimes probably less so, but I'm just, I'm here to learn and experience love in as many ways and forms as I, you know, as I can. And so going back to the castle and what success is, because this is also big, you know, for, and I, and I, I don't know if, I feel like there has to be a better word than success. So I feel like that doesn't really, it it kind of fits, but it kind of doesn't, but that's the last piece. I promise that's probably, that's the last piece is what does it look like to you when you would say that you have a successful relationship with creation. For me, I realized that, and it it really, what it calls into question is how are you framing your life? So for a long time for me, a successful relationship with creation meant getting what I wanted, when I wanted it, and then continuing to do that. Then I realized that's not actually me. It's just that I didn't, take the time to call into question, you know, what is really me? And I realized that what success means to me is staying in this archetypal state of the prayer and always being in communication with this creative consciousness. So for me, I guess what success looks like is not what I'm getting. 
It has nothing to do. Oh, yeah. Here's what's really important about that, actually. Um, it has nothing to do with whatever's happening outside of me. So back to the example of, you know, I was watching the game on BET and Malik had that house. The only problem, it's not, it wasn't a bad thing for Malik to want to, you know, dream of the house. Okay. And it wasn't, you know, bad or selfish of him to be like, I really want this house so I can, you know, take care of my mother and I can take care of my best friend and this mysterious horse, you know, that somehow wound up in the picture. That wasn't a bad thing. But what you do need to call into question is what will happen when you do get that house? You know, because material forms are not self-sustainable. So what I would say, you know, as you're thinking about, you know, what it is that I really want, what is it that I really want to create and how do I know that I'm like the most aligned with whatever my goal is. For me, the goal is always to be aware of my relationship with creation. And my goal is, you know, I I feel like goal is like, again, not the best word for me anymore because there is no goal. You know, for me, I guess the goal was to be in this archetypal, you know, state of the prayer where, again, I'm just in constant communication with, creation and that is what is important to me is always realizing that everything no matter what I'm doing like this this download literally saved me but I the day that I realized and this is a little bit again it it incorporates the warrior and presence the most important thing to me is always knowing that I have this relationship and I am in this relationship with spirit So no matter what's happening, no matter what, and so viewing everything else as a part of that relationship with spirit, that's what I'm trying to say here. So every single act of prayer, every single interaction I have with my parents, every single significant other, every single story from the past that I have experienced, everything that I will experience in the future, everything that I am going through right now, all of those are supporting me in developing my relationship with spirit. That's it. Because they all have spirit within them. So basically, no matter where I am or what I'm doing, I'm always in this relationship with spirit. There are different dimensions of spirit that I'm interacting with, but at the end of the day, the center of my life is this relationship with source. You know, and source is everywhere. So everything that I'm doing is supporting that relationship. And so for me, I finally felt peace or, you know, I'm not saying that I'm like eternally peaceful or anything like that, but that was like, I think the first greatest sense of peace that I received because that's something that can never be taken away. You know, that house that Malik bought, he ran into some financial trouble. The house went away. And so... When it comes to manifestation or like physical things, those physical things always go away, no matter what, you know? And so when you're thinking about, you know, what your intention is and, you know, what it is that you want to grow your tree from, how's that? Okay. (laughs) Um, 
consider what is self-sustainable and what isn't. And for me, I, I just understood that anything, if you make anything, anything in this physical experience a goal of yours, it just, it won't feel right, you know, because it's not sustaining itself and it it's not permanent, you know? In an episode that I'm pretty sure I'm going to post, it wasn't originally supposed to be a podcast episode. I only decided to do, you know, it this way. Like yesterday, actually, um, I talked about the divine masculine and the divine feminine a little bit and how I define it. So the divine masculine is what's permanent. That's like your relationship with spirit. And the divine feminine is what's always changing. And... That's the third dimensional experience, but they both go together because, you know, no matter where you are in this third dimensional experience, understanding that there is, you know, it's just spirit. It's just love repeated over and over and over again in its many forms. That's really important. But uh, if you want to learn more about that, I'm sure I'll talk more about that in the future. But that was, yeah. So, oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The castle and, you know... Just picking something to be your foundation. Again, if you make it something in the material, it goes away because it's always changing. And it's not a bad thing, but it it is always changing. And so I realized I needed something that it is permanent. You know, love is permanent. And it is a little bit intangible, but it is everywhere. So I just, I made... You know, my life changed when I made love the center of my life and that, you know, changed everything else. So I will leave you with that. And yeah, that was that was very interesting. I'm like, I'm always excited to see, you know, where the cards leave me or leave us or, you know, what spaces they create and what questions, you know, come from them. But definitely investigate that, see where it takes you, you know, question, you know, what is my intention with my relationship and how do I know that's the castle? So the seed, what is my intention? And then, you know, how do I know that I'm there is more the castle. And if that is, you know, something within the divine feminine, as in like this third dimensional experience, that's totally okay. If that's what you want, be aware that Things change all the time. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed sharing this space with you. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Bye.